Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Bobby Moore and Sir Jeff Hurst The Trevor Brookin and Billy Bones A Paolo Di Canio West Ham United More than just a Good morning, good evening, or good afternoon. This is more than just a podcast. Podcast. Season 8, episode 16. And we're a winning podcast because we've won four wins on the bounce, Johnny Johnny. Four wins on a bounce. We didn't do that, but our club did. Yeah, it's great. Well, I feel that I was with them. Even though I didn't watch some of the games. But I did watch the last game, even though I didn't make it uh, to Fulham. I did think about going to Fulham in the neutral zone, because I couldn't get a normal ticket. I wouldn't try to work out the neutral zone too much, because I wouldn't be surprised we end up with one. Yeah, well, I think we should have a neutral zone, by the way. I I like the idea. The neutral zone at Fulham, right, what they do is they persuade all the overseas people to come there. Maybe we should have a little section for overseas. Well, Uh, the whole ground. They can work. Yeah, they can. We have a little section for overseas, a neutral zone, and the Klingons and anyone else. That, that's a Star Trek joke, by the way. Anyone else can go in the neutral zone, and um, and wear whatever shirts they want and do whatever, eat popcorn, do whatever they want. It's a, it's a, a criticised free area for for the tourists. What do you think? No, no. Anyway, uh, tonight I should have welcomed. Uh, we have John. Where are you? What are you doing? I'm in my loft talking to you. And we have Nigel. Uh, where are you and what are you doing? In the kitchen, trying to stop myself from beating too, my dogs. So, um... too, too cold for the shed. Uh, we have no George. Uh, for those you who don't know, he's getting married this week. So uh, he's enjoying the last few days of freedom before he gets married. No, I think he's got some important stuff to do, hasn't he? I believe so. Yeah, Should I we have a minute of silence? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying on the old suit tonight. So, oh, yeah. what's your bell and whistle like? Yeah, it's nice. Very nice. Is, is that the right term, Nigel? Bell and it's whistle? a whistle and flute, isn't it? It is whistle a whistle and flute, yeah. But <laughs> uh, do you know what? I was going to just let him do it. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to correct him. Just, yeah. uh, yes. The old Mockley over yeah. there. The old Mockley. Yeah. Anyway, 
Uh, it's not a wedding podcast. It is a football podcast, and particularly a West Ham United podcast. Um, we won four games on the trot. First time since Sam Allardyce did it in nineteen. Uh, sorry, uh, two thousand and fourteen. Uh, I wasn't there. John wasn't there, but um, Nigel was. Nigel, you um, you weren't supposed to go to begin with. I understand you had something to do with the wife, trouble and strife. That's correct. Correct. And um, and your plans changed, and you braved the cold and the wet with a cold. So tell us about your day at Craven Cottage, Nigel. Yeah. It, God, did it piss down. Um, you did. I was supposed to go out, but then it got cancelled. Luckily, well, you could say luckily, unluckily, maybe not luckily for me. So I've got to go football. Um, got there about half four and it was absolutely tipping down, tipping down. And um, it's a bit of a walk from Putney Bridge Station through Archbishop's Park where I enthralled my mate with the story about how that's where the Archbishop of Canterbury, I believe, used to live uh, before Lambeth Palace. Well, it's why it's called, pretty oh, yeah. sure, Archbishop's Park. And there used to be like a palace, I think, in, in, in the middle of the park as well. So, um, Sounds reasonable. Well, yeah, so anyway, we, we, we traipsed through there, got absolutely thoroughly soaked. Of course, you then get into the ground and the... the, the um, Away end mixes with the neutral end. So it was all West Ham anyway, basically. You say neutral end, it was virtually all West Ham. Um, behind. So we, I think we only got 2,600 and something for our um, So as you look at it, yeah, if you look at it on the TV, if you look at it, so the far right-hand corner was officially the way end, and the left-hand corner next to the cottage is the neutral end. But I think if you see when the goal was scored, or the first goal, you can see it all erupt next to the cottage. So it's pretty obvious that we had, we, we took most of the whole end. But anyway, basically, that's open to the elements anyway. So you, so you get in, and it's just still, you, you, you had to squeeze up to the bars. But, you know, we got served pretty quick. We went right down to the end bought a beer at the bar that wasn't being used, then walked back to the bar with the queue where they were doing the food and queued up for the food. You said it was a tasty pie. Yeah, that's right. Um and a pie and a pint cost you eight pounds. Yeah, so we had a we had a pint from the from the bar, which was just serving beer, and then we queued up and when I got to the front of the queue I bought a pie and a pint as well. So, I mean, to be honest, the pie looks almost identical to what they sell at the London Stadium. Same same um, caterers, I believe. Delaware North. Oh, Delaware yeah. North. Yeah. So it probably was. Eight pounds something. I did tell you what it was. It was eight pounds something, a beer and a, a pie. So but I thought the pie might warm me up. Did it? Uh, nah, not really, to be fair. <laughs> uh, I was quite pleased to find my seat towards the back because it meant I weren't in the rain. Um, but all in all, a good day out. Not ruined by the football. A, a day out Three. that w- was made better by the football. Um, Ful- Fulham, I thought you could see the problems with Fulham. They, they've conceded more goals than anyone else and they're not scoring. Up front, they just seem bereft. Mitrovic, um, realistically, 
you can perhaps see why Newcastle got rid of him. You know, in in he, he just he, when I'm not here to judge the Fulham team, but I think their ills were all evident there. They're just rubbish up front, and luckily uh, we took full advantage of that. I mean, the first goal I thought was just a, a great, a great outstanding, lovely footwork from Anderson when he took the ball from Noble, and the tackle came in in the wet. Where he managed to yeah. pass when it as well. For Great. Anderson took it, managed to hold onto it, and then lay it off to Snodgrass, who, who, who buried it. What was that? Ten minutes, I think, the first goal. It's a bit, a bit longer, I think. It was set, set us yeah, up yeah. realistically, like crowd wise. Um, you know, fantastic backing, songs sung all, all the way through, and everyone, everyone was happy. I don't know how you see it yeah. on the TV, but John, well, how did you see it? Did you watch it on the TV? I watched it the next day. Actually, I had my oh, I had my works do, which started at four o'clock Ooh, Saturday I afternoon. Don't know how your so, works do go as well? Yeah, so I uh, didn't uh, get to see it, but I was sitting there actually with three Fulham fans, and I enjoyed this the old phone pinging with the updates. But yeah, I did watch it because it was live on the telly when it's I recorded it and I actually watched it yesterday afternoon instead of watching the Liverpool game. So yeah, I thought we'd done well. I thought Fulham had their chances, didn't they? You know, you say they were sort of bereft, but I mean they had opportunities but they just didn't take them, did they? What's that what's that big guy's name, that um bloke who was put through and just well, it was a decent save, wasn't well, it? Well, decent save, Fabian, I thought. The, the, the shot lacked. The camera. Was camera, it, camera? It, the, the shot lacked any real power, did it? Um, For me, I, they, you know, it, it's it's one of them games where we've we got to look at it. We've got to be pleased with the win. We beat Fulham. We've got to acknowledge Fulham are the worst team in the league. And it, and it was there to be seen that they are just rubbish up front. Maybe a better team would have took advantage. Took yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I was saying. You know, they did have two or three really good chances, did. didn't they? You know, but that aside, you know, that's the difference where we are now. I think now we, we're winning games and getting some confidence and we are playing teams in around us more so than like, the top six. We are getting our chances and taking them because we didn't, you know, create a lot, did we, on the day? But the ones we did take, you know, I mean, Antonio's finish was a good finish. Well, it is take for that. He took it down and finished it. Yeah, really great flick well. by the smallest man on the pitch, it seems, Hernandez. Yeah, a little flick on there. So, yeah, yeah that was a uh, good, good I'm goals. I'm sure when Sean Shack attack, the. Uh, I'm going to say, yeah, to I've been that. waiting for you to jump in. I'll do Shaq attack. Uh, but we'll see the yeah, Fulham. Well, Perhaps I'm they have more of the ball me. than we thought. Yeah, they had 56% of the possession, which means we had 44 for those brilliant maths people among you. But here's the real um, interesting fact. Uh, Fulham had 16 shots, four on target, where West Ham had just six shots, and three on target, two of which went in. So it shows you uh, it's not all about the stats. But more importantly, 
It's about taking your chances. And West Ham took pretty much every chance. I guess there's another thing. Four on target. Fabianski had another brilliant game. And he's fast becoming my favourite. I'm going to get in trouble with this. My favourite West Ham goalkeeper of all time. Oh, there's a poll I like. Hey. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Bit slow there. Look, go on. Yeah, yeah he's got straight, the old tumbleweeds going yeah. on over that end. That's a big, big statement, Sean. It is a big statement, and and I'm I'm making it for mostly dramatical effect on the podcast. But uh, what better than Rob I Green? I really like him. I would agree. What about and better the, than Rob Green? Carroll. Definitely better than Roy Carroll. <laughs> <laughs> what about Alan, Alec McKnight? Yeah, better than Alan McKnight. Well, I, I would say he's fast becoming one of the best signings of the season. He's like, he's, for what you paid for him. and He's better than Adrian. Yeah, yeah, pretty, yeah. I think he's better than Adrian, yeah. So, that's a good signing, without a doubt. But I, I've got a feeling by the end of this season that um, Anderson will be everyone's favourite. He seems to be just improving and improving. So, I reckon by the end of the season, he'll be up there. Well, I, I, I was talking after the mate. I think Snodgrass for me is... At, at, when we used to play football, we used to have most improved player, um, which was given out to the player that was generally crap the season before. And, and sort of improved, uh, which I was, which I won once, which was quite pleasing. Um, but uh, I think that's where Snodgrass. They, perhaps West Ham should have that award in their awards too, so we can vote because I think he deserves an award I, 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 for, I would for his attitude. I think he, he deserves Hammer of the Season. Uh, I mean, he typifies what we love about a West Ham player. Um, and he's and he's putting the goals in at the moment as well, isn't he? He is, and and he just says everything right as well, you know. Um, I, I know he's not as technically gifted as Philippe Anderson, um, but for me, it's all about the passion and the, you know, he he, he wants to play for us no matter what what the chairman and everybody else has said, or the the stuff he's got. He's been told he's overweight. I did find it funny that story that travelling up to Birmingham he put on the weight um, but he's turned it around and fair play to him and he deserves all the plaudits he gets I but I thought it was um, it was we took our chances and it's a sign and I'm going to repeat this because a lot of commentators said it so it's not unique to me, uh, it's sign of a good team when we play Fulham where they have more chances but we took ours we were clinical and we were full, breaming of confidence. And I think that was the difference between the two teams. And hopefully that takes us on to to uh, Waterford, as uh, our friend over the pond is, is saying, we're playing this weekend. They should be easy to beat Waterford, shouldn't they? Nigel? Like Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> so Watford's. Are they well? We 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 won't we won't well yeah we can talk about that. Um, we the last time we won five on a trot was uh, I, th- I think it was Harry, wasn't it? Or was it? Or did we decide actually it's Pardew? It's actually Pardew. Yeah, I think it I think. was two thousand and six, wasn't it? Yeah, 
Pardew, top flight, five in a row, uh, Alan Pardew. Um, I think it will be tough against Watford. I think it's probably one of the better oppositions we've played. Um, I, do you remember what they're running lately is, the They've last won. few games? They won at weekend, Watford, 3-2. Wasn't it against Cardiff? Yeah. They were 3-0 up. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Did they beat... Who did they beat? I think they won the week, the week before as well. They, they, yeah, they're the not same points as form. us. It's got difference. Yeah, you know, which yeah. is which puts us above them. Well, as you know, we're ninth. Uh, although we're fourth in the table of form. If you look at the last six games, we're in we're fourth um, when it comes to form above Arsenal, but we're ninth in the real table. Uh, if both the two two people above us, which is uh, Everton and Wolves, they're both facing big competition. So Wolves play Liverpool. I can't see Wolves overcoming Liverpool, to be honest. And Everton face Spurs. Um, so both of those teams could do us a favour. Um, and a win over Watford could leap frog us into seventh. In fact... If uh, the unthinkable happens and Man United lose against Cardiff, or draw, we can go sixth place, boys. If if I don't know what the goal huh? difference is, I think if Man United draw and we oh, win yeah. with, with an right. ice win, yeah, then, then we goals. can yeah, leapfrog Man United yeah. in the sixth spot. Well, why not? Let's just. I mean, we got Watford, Southampton, and Burnley. Let's just win all three and then go for the league, eh? Well, I don't think... I think we're a little bit away off that. Well, you know, it's like... Right, let's not get I mean, too carried away. For, for me, the ice league yeah. position... If you look at it at the start of the season, where what's the ice West Ham would be looking to finish, that would be seventh spot. So, we're only two seventh, points yeah. off that. Yeah. So, we could nick six. I, I don't... Mm. The top five's already gone away from us. We could nick six spot, which... Um, would be, you know, a second-highest finish in the Premier League. But you've got to bear in mind that, you know, we had such a difficult run of games at the beginning of the season. And we I mean, we did get 12 points out of that, but you know, they're, all, they're all going to come back round again in the same order near enough, aren't they? Well, you, you look at so, it, and you, the, yeah. the one game realistically that I look at is the, is the Wolves game at home, where I think that, they, they, you know, if you look, three points would have put us six. So pick one game that we should have won. And for me, it's that Wolves game at home. Yeah, also Bournemouth as well now. Bournemouth have turned a corner. They're not in such fine form, are they? Hmm. We could do them. We but could. If you this look at time the, next year, we could be millionaires. But you look at the teams that who beat us, the, the, like, the top six teams, we never really looked like beating any of them, did we? Well, no, well, except for Man United. United. Yeah. 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 Anyway, anywho, um, anything else to, to mention this week? I know we, we've got an interview that um, Nigel's pre-recorded, but anything before we uh, well, go to that? can I push my blog then? <laughs> go on, go on, of course you can. We've done a nice interview with David Gold today, by the way, which is an exclusive that will be on Clarence Hugh later about all about Pellegrini's hopes for 
um, this year and everything. Can't so, wait. Uh, make sure you read that off. Anyway, Fulham coincided with it being the 300th Premier League game under Golden Sullivan. So I then looked at. I'm. I'm it's. For, for me, there's a question is, have they progressed the club? It's coming up to nine years they've owned the club. So only a year away from a decade of Golden Sullivan. And what have they actually done for the club? Obviously, I'm a big person that thinks they've, they're, they're, they've done a lot of damage to the club. But as it's a football club, I wanted to look at the football side to say, have they progressed the club in, in the 300 games? So the way I measured it was against the 300 previous games before they turn up it was quite fortunate that in both of those periods we'd suffered a relegation so we'd had one bad season and other seasons whatever it it is a difficult way of judging it because of the financials that skews with the leagues now so if you look back what you're virtually doing is going back to 2000 uh, to the start of that period, like the financials are totally different and the clubs you're playing are totally different. But if you look at it as a club, so... Get your punchline, because well, otherwise the, everybody, the, no one's going to read this The mad thing for me everybody. was the average league position. When, you, when I looked it up, average league position, the average league position before Golden Sullivan, in the 300 games before Golden Sullivan, was 12th. The average league position under Golden yeah. Sullivan is 12th. <laughs> Excellent. What but I suggested I was, I was get is put a that. link on the Facebook group. I was going to get that. So, <laughs> you, so you I will put the link up so people can go and read it. And, yeah. and you'll see yeah. against Amity. Yeah. I mean, we've won more games, but we've lost more games under Golden Sullivan. Mm. Well... Well, David Gold tonight has said to us that his hopes, his personal hopes this season is seven, top seven position. Uh, spot. I mean, that is, I mean, that is, is if, if you take the natural pecking order, that the, the, the top six are far and away above us and we're in the league of 14 mm. teams below that, that technically is, is like winning. Yeah. Winning the First, second. Like winning the second league. Who, who who interviewed him, Sean? Huey. Did he ask any proper questions? Did he ask about well, next season to... and investments yeah. and stuff? Like oh that? yeah, yeah. We ask lots of questions. You have yeah. to. We have to read it. Yeah, I would later. do, but I can I can never get past all the adverts. So Look, I... oh. at the end of the day, this current run has got them out of jail, and um, I hope they realise that. Mm. that there would have been a lot of pressure on them. If the club have been struggling, but now they've got a different type of pressure, haven't they? They've got can they keep investing? But uh, I don't want to bring that down on them. And that's that's the thing. That's the next level for them now, isn't it? That is the next level. Now they've got a base, and we're 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 finding a level. You need to put one or two in every year and, and trying to bring it up a notch. But you know, without yeah. doubt, doubt, Pellegrini has turned everything round. I mean the the football we're playing is just far more in the I mean the feel good factors reminiscent of the first season yeah. under Billich, the... last at the bowling. But but the football's better for me. Yeah. I think the football the way we play it, it the way better. we've gone about it is better than it was in, in that last season on the bill the bowling. 
Yeah. And it's because it's attacking, isn't it? Yeah. Basically, mm. he goes for it, doesn't he? Yeah, it is. It is. We did. And they started singing Pellegrini's name yeah. on Saturday in the rain. So that's excellent. Right. Uh, I'm keen to move on because I know you did quite a long interview. Earlier today, uh, Nigel caught up with the new chairman of the West Ham United Supporters Board uh, that replaced the SAB. Uh, they're going on a little tour of podcasts. They're doing us first and then doing the other two. Um, but, but we got first dibs in. Um, so here's Nigel talking to David and asking him some quite straight questions. Right, I'd like to welcome to more than just a podcast, David Baker, who is the new chairman of West Ham United Supporters Board. I think that's what it's called, Dave, now, isn't it? Well, yeah, I think there's a there's an O in there, which is official. But yeah, it's oh. at the end of the day, titles are titles, but it means what it means. It's, it's, it's absolutely the same as you say. Yeah, no worries. Or, or the uh, Sad Mark Five, as, uh, yeah, as I like to call it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, we'll start with some basics, Dave. Uh, whereabouts are you from? Well, I'm from Cambridgeshire, and, and still live in Cambridgeshire, but I've been a season ticket holder for longer than I can remember. So, uh, and, a, and a fervent West Ham and, and uh, supporter all of my life, really, as are my family. My family have got, I think we've got about 10 season tickets. Um, at the new stadium, out of a similar amount at uh, the bowling. So, yeah, we're uh, long-standing, long-suffering um, West Ham fans. <laughs> so, so it's family ties that, that obviously um, inflicted the club on you then? <laughs> yeah, no choice, mate. You know what it's like. You know, you can't... Once you're there, that's there, you can't change, can you? But no, no. I mean, obviously, it's, 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 been, it's been some of the greatest times of my life and some of the most difficult times of my life, but I don't think that's any different from any other West Ham fan, to be honest. All right. First West Ham experience, can you remember? Uh, do you know what? I can't remember. I think I was too young, actually, when I was um, dra- dragged there to start with. But the, the one that, again, it's, it's sort of listed, really, the one that I can't forget um, is the Eintracht Frankfurt game, actually, not just because it was a fantastic win, uh, but because conditions that the game was played in and the conditions that I watched the game in, actually, I remember being absolutely soaked through, as I think most fans did. Um, with that game, but yeah, it was just one of those games where you know it was just an incredible feeling, really. Um, I mean, there have been many, many since obviously, playoff final wins, um, you know, the, uh, the League Cup game against Man U when we won in the snow 4 1, Mr. Spectre scored. Um, yeah, I mean, there have been many, really, but yeah, the first one that I really remember that was, was massively um, influential for me was definitely that Eintracht Frankfurt game. Uh, well, excuse me, I'm a bit younger than you then. Uh, I've just missed out on that. <laughs> uh, I, I remember it. Uh, I, I remember hearing about it. Um, my cousin was a youth player at the time at West Ham as well. So, um, oh, right, but I was yeah. only I was only six years old when that happened. So it was the, it was the next season when um, mm. I came over and brought bad luck to West Ham. Growing up then, <laughs> who was your West Ham era? Um... Oh, crikey, uh, many really. Uh, Billy Bonds, obviously, yeah. um, and, and clearly, obviously, Trevor Brookin as well. One club man, um, and an absolute genius in terms of the ball technique um, and the way that he handles himself, and also the way that he's handled himself outside of the game as well. Really, Nigel, um, you know, he's, he's an absolute gentleman. He's a fantastic class footballer. Played for our country, um, and he's a great ambassador for our sport, really. And has never has never um, been anything but a credit to our club. I would say. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, I'm going to jump forward a bit now. So, right. how did you feel about the promo- proposed move to the OS when it was announced? 
Uh, very mixed feelings, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, I, I was one of those that drove to the old stadium, so it was becoming, you know, it was becoming more and more difficult. Not that it stopped me, of course it didn't, but it was becoming more and more difficult to get access to, you know, accept, accessible parking um, and acceptable cost parking, really, uh, near, the new, near, the, near the old ground. Um, obviously, infrastructure in terms of support up to Park Tube Station, it was starting to struggle. And with all due respect to the, you know, the locality in the area, it was getting worse, really, in terms of its um, ability to support entertainment before and after the game, I would say. Um, but, yeah, I mean, of course, we all love the bowling. I was very hopeful when we got planning permission for the east side that that was going to be um, done. But we all know what happened to that um, and the timing of, of when that was um, proposed and approved and the fact that it ran out and we couldn't then get planning permission again. So we were pretty limited to the capacity that we've got. But, of course, you know, I've, I've had some of the best times of my life in that stadium. So, you know, in terms of my heart and my soul, it was very much in that stadium. You know, the opportunity for the Olympic Stadium was, was one that we had to consider and we had to balance up. Um, but it was always going to be difficult and a hell of a wrench to come out of the bowling ground. So very mixed feelings, to be honest with you. And I think, right, well, it, as we know now, it, it's too late. We've moved. Uh, we're there. And the bowling is, is unfortunately no more. Um, and we have to make the best and certainly maximise what we've got where we are. And it certainly does offer, um, you know, additional opportunities of generating higher numbers and volumes of fans um, and generating, hopefully, sort of going forward, better commercial revenue so we can compete with the top teams. So, yeah, a mixed bag of bones, really, I guess. Nigel? Do you think the, the owners handled it well, the, the, the way they went about it, or...? I think, I mean, before, before we moved, I think, um, before we moved, Nigel, I think the owners actually handled it pretty well actually to start with um, and the publicity um, was was very very positive um, and you know again from a from a fan's point of view there was always going to be I mean at the end of the day when you've got a fan base like West Ham have got and you're moving away from our you know our, our home ground it's always going to be a difficult one especially when you know, although we were moving to where actually the club really really started but a very long time ago and no one really remembers that um, it was always going to be difficult because the bowling obviously holds memories for me and, and every other West Ham fan, really. So, you know, the owners have got a, a pretty hard task to do, I guess. Um, but again, you know, they're looking at trying to compete with the top teams in London. You know, we're alongside some, some very large clubs in London who, you know, are, have either built or are building huge, great stadia. Um, and, you know, it was an opportunity for us to rise up uh, with that, really, I guess. And and sort of start to compete with the bigger, bigger teams in London and also in the Premier League. So, you know, I can understand and, you know, appreciate the, you know, the attraction of that opportunity, really. The other thing is it was never going to come again. I mean, we weren't in a position, certainly, to do what Spurs have done and what Arsenal did um, in building the Emirates. So in terms of wanting to get there and how we're going to get there, it was always going to be difficult for the West Ham, wasn't it, really? The, the reason I asked that was did, did the, the club in, in pushing the move then set up the uh, Mark One of the SAB. Would you ever remember the SAB, or did, did you yeah. know about the SAB and what it did? I did. I've, I've, funny enough, Nigel, I was a member, as I think you were, weren't you, previously? I think I was. Yeah. Um, I, w I was a member before we moved uh, to Olympic Stadium. However, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, and I think the club would certainly openly and honestly admit that that um, process, i.e., the SAB and the, its interaction with the club, was flawed and. Again, for many, many reasons, and we could talk about that for the whole of our interview, I guess, really. Um, it, it wasn't the right way to, to run the SAB at that stage. You know, the club have now, you know, stuck their hands up in the air, really, and we're going a different route in terms of the way that it works. But no, that was an ineffective um, forum. It wasn't a very effective process. 
Um, and certainly in terms of fans in it didn't work because there was certainly, you know, very divided, as you'd expect to an extent, but a very, very divided um, fan base in terms of the move, really, you know, which we've, we've seen and we've suffered for yeah. um, certainly for a while. So, no, I would say the club would openly admit that they've, you know, they've made mistakes in that process. The other thing is you can't, and I think some of the mistakes that the club made really were things that were promised, you know, I'll give you a couple of examples, Wi-Fi in the stadium, and the stadium wrap, things like this, which were actually um, really going to be decided once the sponsorship of the new stadium was was sorted out. However, of course, West Ham as a club aren't in control of that process, and as it has happened, it's failed, um, and it's not worked. And as a result, you know, the club have got a lot of stick for it, and we haven't, those things haven't happened. But if you look back now, those promises really couldn't be made on the basis of the fact that it wasn't in the club's remit, really, to go and get sponsorship and to go and get those things sorted out. Yeah. So, yeah, lots of mistakes. And, you know, I'm sure, and I know the club, you know, now look back, and but hindsight's a very a very easy thing to do, isn't it? And, you know, we've you know, we've certainly had to, to move on from there, really. Well, I mean, for me personally, I don't think the club have ever admitted any mistakes. And I think that's part of, of the problem. I think you pointed out, well, a lot of what went on in SAB, where they went wrong, um, mm. which, which is good, because the next question is, what makes you think that this, incarnation of the supporters mm. board can succeed where the pre- previous SAB failed and it's good that you've been on both to, to, to see what you can do to make sure that this is different. Yeah, lot, I mean lots of reasons really, right from, I mean if you compare it with the old SAB, I mean I remember meetings where you got 60 people in the room, you know there were a few people just dominating conversation, there wasn't really consensus of opinion, uh, there was no di- real direction, if you think about when things were communicated, it was a very long time um, after the meetings, um, you know some of the minutes weren't, I would say, um, you know encapsulating everything that was discussed. Uh, during the meetings anyway, the process, as I said, was flawed. You know, it really wasn't um, effective at all. So, you know, the the new incarnation is completely different. Um, And and again, because of the fact that it's focused now on what are fewer members um, and also the fact of the selection process, you know, again, the club selected the members of the previous SAB. You know, the the current members have been selected independently and were all anonymised outside of the club. Um, so that's, that is completely different. We've got very good, broad, diverse representation from not just the ground, but also supporters groups. Um, and also, you know, like the, the, uh, the BAME representative, LGBT, you know, in terms of a very broad spectrum of, of representation, that's there now. The other thing is transparency. And, you know, that's one thing that, you know, I'm very keen on. You know, what we do should be transparent. And it's only, only we can get the input um, and, and, the, and the, you know, get the research from fans to make sure that, you know, we are pushing the club to go in the right direction. Um, it, it's going to be important. Whereas actually previously, you know, the SAB was pretty much anonymous. Whereas if you've seen from already, really, we're not anonymous. Um, I sat in my seat, you know, an hour before the last game, talking to people. Um, you know, publicised it on Twitter. It's a very open, diverse, transparent um, process. Whereas previously. It certainly wasn't the case. The other thing is we'll have, you know, very clear uh, timed objectives and things that we're working on, which, again, will be very transparent and open to everybody, um, which I think will be will be very beneficial as well. Yeah, I mean, the other major thing, though, is, and I've already reached out to many, many supporters groups, and, you know, it's up to supporters groups whether they want to be inclusive and engaged in the process or not, and I completely respect, you know, whether they do or whether they don't, and certainly there will be no twisting of any arms. Um, Nigel, but ultimately, you know, it's going to be very open to make sure that we're as inclusive 
as we possibly can to every supporters group, and we, you know, try and really bring everyone together. Because we've gone. That wasn't me. Was that you, Nigel? <laughs> I'll have to forgive this. That's my dog. My wife's gone out, and he's emotionally attached to my wife. Ignore Crack on. I mean, I, I just want to pick up on something you said there in yeah. regard to the process. I mean, do you think the process was fair and independent? I mean, the one thing I feel the need to highlight is the club push that it was an independent uh, chosen. I mean, I'll, I'll openly admit I applied and failed. Uh, perhaps my right. application form was a bit provocative, but I put down the, what I thought of them and left it yeah. to those. Trevor Brooking, yeah. like... Possibly, you know, sits on the club board. Uh, mm -hmm. The West Ham United Supporters Club, which I'm a member of, and Forts yep. keep. But let's face it, they have taken money from the club, and it is dependent on the club honouring them to keep mm -hmm. them up. And then, you know, Colton Cole, who is, uh, you know, a, a patron of the club. So basically, the only independent person was the woman from the Premier League. Premier League. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you could argue that, but I mean, I think there's also a, a voice to say that you need someone who's got some club knowledge to choose um, the right people anyway. I mean, they, they, you know, these guys aren't really directly salaried, um, you know, from the club, and they've got no reason to choose one person over another, have they, really? Um, and there certainly was no direction from the club in terms of who they would select. The other thing is they're all anonymised. So, you know, we could, all, we could all argue and say it could go to a completely democratic process and we should go to a vote. But, again, how, about, how engaged that process would be, we don't know. Uh, but it's certainly a step in the right direction from the previous SAB group because it was anonymised. It was, uh, you know, it, it was independent and it was, um, you know, a much better um, fairer selection process than before. Maybe not in your case, Nigel, but I think, again, what they're trying to do is, again, it, it isn't about what your opinion is, it's about what you've got to add to the club and, you know, everyone's opinions and that's why we want a diverse input because, you know, if you've only got, you know, a one, you know, a, a one sort of um, voice opinion, then it's, it's no good. You might as well just not bother. If you've got a consensus of a, a group of people, you need diverse and, and different inputs. And we've certainly got that. You know, there's a lot of people around the table that have very different opinions about what the club have done, where the club are going and how we get there. But that's what, that's what it's about. That's what it's about supporting a football club. We want the same thing. We want the best out of West Ham. Um, and we want the best for West Ham. And ultimately, you know, we'll all have ideas and opinions about going, to, going about it in a different way. But ultimately, we've got to come to a consensus of opinion and try and go with the majority and, and try and push and lead the club um, to a way that keeps the fans as happy as possible. Um, which, thank you, has been made a lot easier in the last few weeks as a result of winning four games on the trot, thankfully. Um, so we're all a lot happier about that. But no, I, I completely understand your, you know, your point. And you know, maybe going forward, we look at that. But certainly, you'll see already that minutes have come out from the first meeting within within eight days, which we've assisted on, we've insisted on, I should say. Um, and again, it's transparent. They're open to everybody, and you know, everyone can have an opinion. We're all contactable either by email, um, and I've put my Twitter out there. And you know, again, most of the all of the guys have got my uh, mobile number. We as a group. Um, I've got a WhatsApp group as well and communicate on a daily basis about everything. You know, we're reporting back from games. There's opinions from all sorts of people um, within my stand from the last couple of games, really, which, again, have gone into the mix in terms of trying to improve things. Um, and the focus groups that we're putting together now, which I think, you know, are key for the club and going forward, um, is something that we can really get engaged on. The other thing is, you know, never really as, as, as this as this group had proper interaction directly with the board and there will be at board meetings input from this group and um, whether it be from me or Jim um, vice vice chairman 
but we will have an input. So ultimately, that's got to be better than it was before, isn't it? I sat on the SAB for five years. I see a lot of what they've done in what they've done here, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, the, the proof for me will be in the pudding. I get what you're saying, and I get in a way that you've got to be, you've got to talk it up in a way, especially as the chairman. Um, I, I don't, you know, it's hard for me. I can sit and, and point out big problems, I think, but then again, that could be sad, right? So I didn't get on. My, my application was to get on to tell them that actually the best thing for the club is for you not to bugger off and then um, the club can start healing itself. So mm. <laughs> perhaps there's your answer why I never get on. I mean, if the, if the, if the, the supporters board and the club wherever at odds, do you think you could bring them to task? Is, is there that format? Do you think you, you can do that as a group or do you think that the club will be trying to forever control what goes on? Well, if anyone knows me in business and anyone knows him what I do, that I certainly won't be controlled and I won't be dictated to by anybody, but I'll always do what I think is right. You know, we've got a duty of care for this club of ours and I'll always do, try and do what's most important and right for our club rather than me individually or any other member. Um, and, you know, I, I swear by that and people who know me will say the same. But, again, I've now been to two um, supporters board meetings and I think any of those people that are there that think that I'm just going to toe the line purely for the club's benefit is not, well, the club, I, the people that are running the club, is not going to be the case. Um, you know, we will do what's right for the club and that's what they want from this group. And if we don't give them that, then we're not doing our job. But, no, I see what your point is and, and I can completely understand the scepticism from the previous you know, incarnations of this group. And again, that's why, um, as you say, it's about what we achieve. You know, we can sell what we like now, we can sell what we like in meetings, meeting minutes can go out, we can have all the focus groups in the world as you like. But ultimately, as you say, the proof's in the pudding. It's about what we get done and what we get sorted out um, and how we improve things. And, and ultimately, that's what we've got to achieve. You know, we all love this club and we want the same for it. We want the best that it can be. Um, and that's what we're going to try and do. And OK, fair enough, we might not succeed on everything, um, but it won't be through a lack of trying, and it won't be doing, you know, a lack of trying to do what is right for this club. Um, but yeah, I mean, th- you know, there will be issues in terms of whether it be terms of reference or whether it be process or anything like that. But again, you know, that's why you change stuff, isn't it? You know, that's why, you know, not everything goes right all of the time straight away. That's why you've got to look at it. Certain things will go well, you continue them, and if it, if it needs changing, you know, we'll change it. But I've certainly had no dictatorial. Uh, mandate from the club uh, to me to do various bits and pieces or there certainly isn't that way for the group you know the chairman and the vice chairman were voted, uh, were, you know, were voted for amongst the representatives it was nothing to do with the club they weren't dictating who should be who um, and it could have been anybody ultimately some people want to do it some people don't and the ones that did got voted for and, and the process went through so you know again I think that also makes it a lot more effective because rather than having a whole uh, bunch of 60 people um, all vying for space and time and, and voice at a meeting and then minutes coming out and then nothing happening between that and the next meeting. That's not the case now. You know, there is constant dialogue and there's constant research and there's constant action and work. You know, I've got a meeting with another um, couple of the guys, you know, tomorrow actually to try and form things and work things even even more effectively. But yeah, I mean, we stand or fall by what we achieve. Of course we do, Nigel. You know, that's, that's what it's, that's what it's going to be. Yeah, I mean, the uh, t- typical West Ham... The board only had its first meeting and then it got dragged into stories in the Guardian. Mm. I mean, how was that thing? I mean, did you want to say anything? I can fully understand that you'd rather go 
no, leave that alone. Or no, 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 look, look, again, you'll get the gist of me. Nothing's off limits and, you know, yeah. we are transparent and we need to talk about what the issues are. Yeah, of course, it was a big issue. Um, I was made aware of the Guardian article fairly early on in the day. Um, had lots of conversations, as you do, and that's my style, um, with pretty much every member um, of the new supporters board, to be honest with you. Um, I spoke to, to Greg, the guy in question. It's in a public domain. You know, I'm not betraying any confidence by saying that anyway. Um, and, you know, we were happy as a group, not even dictated to by the club, actually. The club would have taken on exactly what the decision that we'd have made. Um, but there, we felt that there was absolutely no reason to exclude Greg from the group. Um, you know, there was, he's not a criminal. He's not been involved in anything that's untoward. Um, just go, by going on a march doesn't mean that you support some of the other various aspects of what, you know, that stood for. But there were some very bona fide things that the march stood for too. So, you know, you can't just tie everyone with the same brush. Um, as I said before, he's not a criminal. He might have, as, as, as he does, and we all have different opinions about the club and the way that we should do things. Uh, but just, got, just because somebody's got a certain uh, point of view doesn't mean that they should be you know, excluded from the group. You know, that's one of the reasons why. You know, we're saying it's got to be diverse. Um, you can't just start excluding people once you've gone through an independent process. Um, and he's gone through that. So there was no reason to exclude him. And certainly the club, you know, I communicated with the club in terms of, you know, what we believe was the right way to move forward. And, and they've supported it. So, you know, again, I think it's another reason as to why, you know, this process will be more successful um, than before. You know, yeah. we're not going to be pushed and pulled around by the media, ultimately. You know, they can make a story if they want, and if they're short on news that day, they might want to bring up things like that. But I've got to be honest, it was for, for me and for most of the group, it was pretty much a non-story, really. Yeah, at the end of the day, the way I've said, I've said it on the podcast, they've mm. gone through a process, he's been chosen. It's up to mm. the club, to, to, for me, it's up to the club to make a decision. They've made this decision, so now we move on with it. Well, um, I mean, to be... To be to be fair, I mean, it was the, it was the supporters board that made the decision, actually. And then that was, you know, right. basically, the, the, and, and then the club supported it, which I've got to be honest, is the right way that it should have been. You know, we had the right um, conversations about it and we made that decision and the club supported it. Um, so, you know, I think that's another indicator that, you know, the process is going to be improved on what, you know, what was in place previously, really. And, you know, I, I, again, I had a long chat with Greg himself um, and I asked him a lot of questions as, as, as you know, we're, we're going through the process now, and I was very happy speaking to Greg that he should still be part of this process. Um, I had no reason to think that he should be excluded for any other reason, um, and, I, and I think that's fine. Okay, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I, I hope not, but you know, things might come out of the woodwork about anybody in the process that might make it very difficult. But certainly, that's not the case for Greg now or any other member of the group. I don't think. Moving on to the, the, the next thing, it's obviously there is. Um not sort of a rivalry, because I wouldn't like to think there is a rivalry, but there's, there's the other supporters, Wissa, out there, mm. that um, I helped form back in the day and was recently a committee member up until a couple of weeks ago before oh, right. I resigned. Um, so uh, Wissa chose not to. Did you, did you ever, are you a member of Wissa, out of curiosity? No. No, no. I mean, I mean, I asked you a question first, Nigel. So why were you on the? Well, not why you're on the committee, but what did you resign then? Um, oh, it's mine to you now. Uh, why did I resign? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's not a secret for me. Basically, um, I felt that the, certain members of the committee did what they did what they thought was right, mm. not not what was right, or or what the membership perhaps would deem was right. And they were going totally down the wrong line. Of mm. it, was, it was hard for me, uh, you know, 
me and Sean Whetstone and Cutterbowls, we helped set up with Sean, you know, and in a way, we'd spoke about it for a while. We didn't get it off the ground, but we had an idea of what it would be. And mm. then you sort of create this thing, and then you have to have other people come on, and then other people take that, and you sit there and think, this ain't what it was supposed to be. So mm. at the end of the day, though, you know, it's a member-driven uh, organisation, so it's up to the mm-hmm. members to drive what way it goes. And, and, the, and the reason I stood back was because I, I deemed that the membership possibly wanted it to go another way. And right. I didn't want the arguments, to be fair. I've had enough of arguing with people, so <laughs> <laughs> that's why I joined. Well, right. and, 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 you know, that's one of the reasons, to be honest with you. I think there's been far too much argument between West Ham fans. You know, ultimately... You know, we need to take the argument elsewhere and, and get the support behind the team, behind the club to make sure we can be as successful as possible. Because, you know, you may remember the bond scheme. I certainly remember it. And it was incredibly divisive for our club. And ultimately, we got relegated. Um, so the team performance was massively affected by what was going on outside yeah. of the club and arguments that were happening. And, and I think that's, and that's what I'm saying about unification and unifying. I'm not saying we can bash everyone's head together and, you know, we're all singing from the same, same hymn sheet. That isn't what we want either. Um, but we all know what we want, which is to make West Ham better. We all have got different ideas about how we're going to get there. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure uh, we sort of got exactly the same um, overall objective. And, and again, I've already reached out not just to, to WESA, but also to other supporters groups, because ultimately, you know, we, I, I feel we have a responsibility on the supporters board to try and unify this um, West Ham fan base that we've got. No, we're not going to be successful with everything, but ultimately, the more that we can get together and the more input that we can get and the more diverse we are as an organisation, the more successful we'll be because we've got a much better input in terms of formulating what we need to do as a club and be more successful. Um, so I don't, I don't see any rivalry at all. You know, we used to do what they do and, and you know, to an extent they've done it very well. They've got a lot of members, they're paid members, so they're committed. Um, although I was saying that and asking people to pay for a membership, you are also then saying that, you know, you have in some ways got a, a bigger commitment um, to be successful um, and to do what the organisation says it does but also you've got a responsibility to be democratic. I don't know, I've not been at the heart of it like you have so I can't make a comment in terms of how they've managed that but ultimately you have a responsibility there's a duty of care for the organisation a duty of care for your fans and you know what I'm saying to ESA and others is that at the end of the day, because you are representing a good number of fans and they're committed to you and they've also paid a membership, is we'd like you to be part of this whole process as well. We want to be inclusive, um, not exclusive. And you know, The thing is, with that, though, WISA's committee made a majority decision. <laughs> made a majority decision to say thanks but no thanks to mm. becoming on the board. Mm. Um, do you uh, do you think that was right or wrong? It's up to you. It, it, you know, do, do you think or in reaching out because I've seen what you've done. You've reached out to Whistler. You sent the committee an email. Do you think what do you hope they will do? do you, how can you bring them in? Bearing in mind that they've said officially to the club. Thanks for no thanks. I, th- I think I mean for, I mean one point is that I don't know what committee voted. To that decision and how many of them are still on the board because I know there's been quite a few changes so I don't know whether the, the dynamic of that vote has changed as a result of the fact of, of the ones that are now on the committee and the ones that aren't, I don't know that may have an effect, it may not, all I can say is that statement was put out really before a lot of what was evident now and certainly what will be evident about the new supporters board was in the mix um, you know that decision was made very early on 
Um, and again, maybe there was an assumption that it was going to be another incarnation, a similar incarnation of previous supporters board um, processes and, and uh, structures. Whereas now, hopefully, I would, I would hope and think that they can see that it actually is quite a bit different um, to what it was previously. Yeah, so, I think yeah. that their, their problem stemmed from the fact that originally, when it was first mooted, there was talk of it possible uh, members were going to be voted on by other mm. fans. And then when you looked at the way it was, uh, the criteria for joining actually mimicked a lot of the original SAB uh, applications. So therefore, and, and I think that's what did a lot of harm. At the club contact the Football Supporters Federation. They said, talk to WISA. Mm. Um, you know, there's, there's, a, there's, there's not been a good relationship between Whistler and the club, and uh, you know there was no way the club. And I think this is the problem: the club, in the past, pick and choose who they want to talk to. And well, this is the, this is the difficult thing that you have got to do in a way is that I, I like what I hear, but again, I fall back to. That there's always a lot of enthusiasm in these in these things that um, the club seem now to manage to crush. I, th- I think that well, look, I mean, going back a stage, really, I can understand it if I was running the club, and I'm not, uh, but I do run a business. If you've got that amount of input and you've got all of these different supporters groups and they're all telling you what to do and they're all telling you to do it in a different way, how the hell do you make um, anything out of that and sort the wood out from the trees, really? You know, all we're trying to do is have a, if you like, a funnel into the club in terms of communication, but it spreads out very broadly all the way through from there. That's what we're trying to do. Um, I mean, WESA were on the supporters board. I've been at meetings when there's been representatives of, of WESA at the board. Everyone um, the SAB, yeah. In, in the so, and, and I remember that. And, and again, I can appreciate that in some respects, some of those meetings weren't particularly effective. Um, but, you know, that's all the past. We could all talk about the past and, and, and losing football matches, but you ain't going to change it now. What you can do is hopefully win more in the future, and that's what we're going to try and do um, on this board. And it won't be through a lack of trying. Yeah, we won't be successful at everything, but I tell you, there is a now, there's now a real positivity and there's a real uh, drive to be successful um, and to make a difference to our club because we all want the same thing. And I keep saying this, but, yeah, there's all sort of different aspects of, of what's going on. But I can understand why... Um, we should, and I respect that. And if they don't want to be part of this, then crikey, no one's going to drag anyone to uh, to drink water from a trough. But ultimately, we we and I feel I've got responsibility to go as broad as possible, and to get as many people as possible involved in this process, and to get the voice into the club, because this is probably the best opportunity that supporters have ever had um, to voice their opinions and 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 voice things about what are important to change our club going forward. And if we don't take it. We're missing an opportunity, and, and all I'm saying is, as well, that if you've got an, if you've got, a, if you're a politician and you've got the opportunity of being an MP, but you say, well, I'm not going to go. Well, actually, are you being that representative of your fan base, um, or your constituents and your voters? And I would say probably not. So, but you know, I appreciate that they might want to change some stuff, but you don't change a club without being in it. Sometimes, do you really? So, you know, it's a lot, a lot easier to change stuff from the inside than it is the outside. So, you know, yeah, maybe the inside is a better one. Yeah, my argument. You know, I voted to join um, the the board. My argument was uh, the the proper way or the only way to affect change when you're dealing with people that run a closed shop is to be in their shop and tell them that they're wrong. Um, And in a way, you know, know, I was in the SAB. You know, people Mm. asked me why I did it. And, you know, I said, I've got to tell David Gold and Karen Brady um, my thoughts and what I thought of them directly. Mm. 
mm. you know. So you only do that by standing in front of them. By not standing in front of them, you know, it's you can't expose it. You're only presuming what's going on rather than knowing what's going on. Um, I agree. I agree. So we're getting to the end. You represent the West End. Uh, unfortunately for you, Dave, I sit in the West End. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, so, uh, you know, I'm very opinionated. How do I get hold of you? Oh, uh, well, I'm in um, row, well, block 212, row 67, yeah. seat 298. I'll be there an hour before kickoff, at wow. least. Come and have a chat, or I'll meet you downstairs and we'll have a beer. I'll, I'll do that, because <laughs> I sit at 214, I sit in row 62. So, oh, you're not far away at all. So, uh, we use the same bars. So we do. Uh, we will do that. But, I mean, and I expect that stands for other fans as well that, um, in the West End. Because the, mm. the, the thing about this is people know how to need to know how to get hold of you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and again, you know, I'm, I'm not into self-promoting in terms of Twitter or anything like that, but we've yeah. all got email addresses. Uh, mine's West Ham Rep at West Ham um, United dot co dot UK. But again, are you on Twitter? You know, sorry, are you on Twitter? Uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter. Yeah. Did you want yeah. to publicise it, or you can keep it quiet? It's up to you. Uh, no. I'm not going to publicise it in terms of my no, own. That's fine. Um, people, if people want to get a hold of me, it's uh, at David Baker sixty six. Fairly straightforward. Right, okay. yeah. Sixty six means something to me, of course, as I'm sure it means a lot to other. Is that fans. your age? <laughs> uh, no, thanks, Nigel. <laughs> yes. Uh, lastly, and, and please forgive me this question, but did you have to tell West Ham you were doing this interview? Uh, no. Oh, right. okay. No, we're under no restrictions. And, and again, you know, there's a lot of nonsense about we had to sign NDAs. That is not true. We all abide by terms of reference, which actually has been amended um, by the group. But there's no NDAs being signed. I don't have to get permission to do interviews. Um, they might express an opinion, uh, positive or negative, about what I'm saying or what I'm doing. But ultimately, they know where my heart is and they know where my mind is, and it's it's going in the right direction. It might not be exactly what everyone else thinks, but I'm doing my best, and I'll try and do my best for all of the West Ham fans. Well, it's now I'm going to make you elaborate. So when you say there's a term of reference, what, what does yeah. that mean? Well, it just means in terms of the, the way that we operate, ultimately, um, it's more constitutional, really, about how long a chairman can be in uh, post um, and the voting process. Um, so how long can you be in the post? Uh, you can be in the post for three seasons on the trot, I think. But, of course, you have to stand and still be voted for. So you can't just sit there for three years. But I think, you know, the position actually is, is good to change. And, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, I'm doing it for the first season. Um, but, you know, we'll see how we get on. Some things might need to continue. Some things won't. But I think, again, it's good that there's transition um, and movement on the whole of the supporters board, really. And I don't think people should just sit around for ages. Um, for the sake of it, this isn't about self-promoting. This is about doing what is, is right for our club. Um, and, and, you know, I'll do that. So um, if that means I disappear after the first season, that's absolutely fine. If that's what people want, I stand by that and respect it. Have uh, 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 they said how long you, you, you sit on the SA or whatever the SAB for? Have uh, they explained you, you've gone through this process? Is it just this season or have they give you yeah. two season credits? No, no, it's just it's just one season. That can change. Um, that can change, and we, you know, we can change. We can change the terms of reference. And if we want the the, the way that the people are brought onto the SB changed, um, amended, 
Uh, we can do that as well, Nigel. And, and I think that's where things have changed, really. And, you know, there's some bad memories about the old process and the old structure. But, you know, a lot has changed since then. Yeah, you're right. The proof's in the pudding. It's not about all of the changes in process and structure. It's about what's achieved. And that ultimately is what's got to be done. Um, but again, I think a lot of the negativity that was about the previous processes really needs to sort of change and people need to look at it a different way and support it more. Because as you rightly said, really, if we're going to make some change here, we've got to get to the heart of the club um, so they know what we're feeling and they know what the fans really want. Because um, it's not just like a business, this. You know, football is a lot bigger than that. You know, it's about the fans. and Without fans, there isn't a club and there isn't a business. So ultimately, you've got to manage all of those things together. Not easy, I hasten to add. Um, but the fans are a massive, massive important part of it. And without us, you know, the club goes nowhere. So it's right, got to be respected. All right. Well, uh, thanks for, for, for doing the interview. Um, I, I did insist on it rather than Sean, because um, I didn't want him giving you any easy ride. And I, I didn't. People think I didn't give you an easy ride. No, no um, problem. And uh, I hope to catch up with you soon, and I will look out for you on Saturday. Look forward, to it. You take care. Look forward Cheers, to it. Look forward to you, Nigel. Yeah, Thanks good luck, mate. Yeah, Bye, I mate. thought it was... Uh, well, actually, I have heard so what do you think about that, then, the recording. <laughs> you should have said, um, <laughs> what do you think about that, then, John? <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Yes. Yeah. Oh. So I have... I, have <laughs> I wanted to get you. I forgot so, I'd send it to uh, <laughs> Because of that, we're, we're, we're moving on for time. It, it's time for this. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, it's Facebook, Twitter question time. And because I didn't tell Nigel was about to do that, he probably hasn't opened up his Facebook. Ah, oh. Nigel, over to you in your most succinct oh, I've, I've got it open. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, question time ever. Okay, so I put, because I just lost it again. Um, here we go. I put, 
recording again tonight, 7.30-ish. Yeah. Uh, are you bored of winning yet? Because <laughs> there's nothing to moan about. Or is there? Post your moans below. Though all comments, of course, are welcome. I'll just quickly say, the reason I put that was, after the game, go on Twitter, and I still found people moaning. And what they were moaning about was our position on Match of yeah. the Day. Yeah, I, I was a bit upset you know? about that. <laughs> so, you know, I did post a tongue-in-cheek tweet that, oh, please, how can you be upset? It's match of the day. It don't matter where you come on. If you're going to watch all the game, no, you're still going to see us. Do you just switch off after West Ham or do you watch them all? Oh, well, there you go. Anyway, Ian McGregor, okay, the new Fantastic time to fan. I don't know what he means there, but anyway. Shaping up to be one of the best central defence partnerships in a long while. Rice is a stud. And flawless performance, game in, game out. Can we get him under contract in the summer? I believe we already have. If we can't, most colossal mistake in West Ham's recent history. Apart from moving Sladen. Yeah, yeah. Lawrence Brown. It looks like the champion statue is staying put which he thinks is a good idea, as it's based on four players, one of which is not West Ham, which form of four West Ham players would you commemorate in a new statue at the London Stadium? Merry Christmas to all from Dubai. Merry Christmas. Four players that you'd have a statue. Bonds. You'd, you'd be straight in there, Nigel, with him. Um, don't know. Decanio. Dix. Hey, Stuart. Do you have a bit of Dix? Yeah. And, uh, Ray Stewart. I like Devonshire, Devonshire or Brookin or... Why can't, why can't we... There's a few anyway. Why can't we just have it I think gold Sullivan? Make a statue of the whole 1980 Cup final team. All, all 11 of them. All four. And Jack Sullivan. <laughs> They, they they should put what they should do is they should, they could put a stone there with a bit of water coming out. Is, isn't there a question it, actually the from Canyon Town Lynn something along those lines? What about that. <laughs> okay, go on. Uh, I don't know. I've not got to that. Anyway, n- Nick Harvey says nothing to moan about is rather refreshing. Long may it continue, and you'll never get bored of winning. Good to see Antonio finally showing some form, particularly with Arnie taking Carol's seat in the treatment room. It's funny how after three points, you soon forget about football and get on with life until the next game. Very true. Oh, hang on. He just realised there is something to moan about. Carol's interview about getting stuck whenever he goes out. What does he expect given his 85 grand a week contract and a few times of the year he's actually fit? Anyway, happy Christmas to you all. Pellegrini's Capri Army. What what did Carol's interview or did that He moaned about people always having a go at him for being a sick note when he goes out. Did he? Didn't see that. Passed me by that one. Yeah, it was in the Daily Fail, I think. It was something to do about someone. He was at ice skating and someone skated up to him and, and said something. Anyway... Why are my dogs barking in the background? Christopher Deneen. Hi, lads. Loving the pod as always. Four wins in a row. I'm buzzing right now. That is not a word someone 
over the age of 15 should use anyway. I <laughs> bet you are too. No, I'm not, Christopher, because I'm a bit too old to buzz. You, you saw a few people more on Saturday, on Saturday please. or is that another story? Uh, they were more than buzzing, I'll tell you. Anyway, happy the statue is staying where it is as we need a new one showing the FA Cup win. I'm with you. And one of Bonds, of course. Never a fan of the Bond scheme. Merry Christmas and a happy new year to you all. Thank you, Christopher. Come on, you irons. Michael Malin. Uh, very, very happy, Emma. I don't care who we beat. Top or bottom, still three points. Merry Christmas. Uh, Simon Pope, the Pontif. I'm happy in the top 10 of Super 6, I bet you are. Nothing to moan about here. We are playing some lovely football and long may it last. Three more points on Saturday. Let's hope Quinner don't come back to haunt us. Scored a good yeah, goal, Quinner, uh, yeah. for Watford. Merry Christmas to you all. We'll be there festive pod over the holidays. We'd have to squeeze something. Yeah, in, perhaps. Something. I can't see us doing one Christmas Eve, though, can you? No. Traditionally, that's my shopping day. So. Yeah. Anyway, Paul Sanders, very happy Hammer at the moment, but we need to keep ourselves calm and not get carried away. Behave, Paul. And I bumped into Paul. <laughs> that's that's a guy I bumped into while I was doing my work earlier this week, and uh, I bumped into him. Oh, was that the uh, fan of yours? Yeah, who who I spoke to at um, uh, yeah, in Newbury. So and he, and he came up and spoke and said he's he's a fan of the podcast oh. and uh, and uh, I shook his hand. So uh, hello, Paul. Well, if you hadn't have interrupted, yeah. I'd have got to that anyway. Oh, <laughs> yes, we're beating team. This is Paul again. Yes, we're beating teams outside the top six, but he includes Man United. The real test is beating the big teams, which we used to do with far more frequency than now. Careful investment in January. Don't put any money on it. And then again in the summer. Good luck with that. And I'll judge this version of West Ham in 2019-20. He thinks we're still three or four players short of getting there. Also, nice to meet Sean earlier this week. All the best fellas. And Merry Hammermas. Hey. Yeah. He, he said the thing that everybody who ever listens to the podcast says, I'm one of your eight listeners. That's how everyone <laughs> always introduces me. Uh, they go, I'm one of your eight listeners. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how that started. Dear yeah. <laughs> uh, regular Lewis Aaron Trout. Oh, I have nothing to moan about, so I just want to say a big thank you for the podcast this year and your interaction with us lot. I expect a podcast on Christmas Eve. Got no chance, son. Have a well-deserved Christmas, lads, and let's hope we keep this form up into 2019. Cheers. Cheers. When I'm on my own, I might do a solo on, on Christmas Eve then. Oh, are you oh, on your own, Sean? Yeah. Yeah. She's left him. Uh, Gary Prince, I would just like to wish all the team, <laughs> except Sean, of course, a very Merry Christmas. Did it say that? Does it say that? <laughs> Mr. Prince, he's a big fan of yours. Yeah, no, <laughs> he is. With the board's commitment to affordable family football, can someone tell me the current price of having a child as a mascot at the London Stadium? See, he's moaning. You said nothing to moan about. Uh, no, he's asking a question. 300, 350 quid, I reckon. Sean, i tell you what, right? In 1981, my mum paid nearly 200 quid. It is now nearly 700. I think it's over 700 pounds. Is that true? Yes. I'm not lying. All right. Nearly seven. Oh, you you, you go and do your research and look at that. Seven hundred quid, I've been told. And that you was a couple what? of seasons that ago. That sounds like over Christmas period, that sounds like a Clarence Hughes story 
are finding out how much each mascot costs in the Premier League to see how West Ham. Good idea. I doubt if anyone's ever done that before. I can can honestly say, you're thinking about it. Your kid will love you forever and cherish that day, even if he's sharing it with like eleven other kids, unlike me, who just it was just me. So it was a bit Mm. more special. Anyway, we we move on. We did say succinct. Yeah. Ed Hawthorne, which of one of our current players has the best football mind? Oh, that's a good question. Declan Rice. You reckon? Best football mind. Yeah. Noble. Yeah, I was going to say Noble. Mm. I would say it's vision. Yeah. All right, Matthew Kemp, great results and a very, very happy with the wins. Yet the biggest question for me is, why is Creswell not getting into the team over and above Masuaku? Is he not injured? No, not anymore. He's not. fit, but he's only yeah. just got fit. Uh, he was on the bench. I don't think he fancies Cresswell anymore. In fact, if there was someone to go out this winter... I have had a little birdie tells me it could be Cresswell. Really? Oh, right. He, he likes more attacking players. And to be fair, I thought Masuaku um, did well defending. I think it was one of his better defensive games. Yeah, but that's all well and good when you're playing against a Fulham. But when we play the better teams, yeah, that's where we go short, don't we? We're wanting. Yeah, and I, I think I think we do need another left-back, without a doubt. But... The, the cup of his bear job. Masuaku isn't spend a left back, is he? Well, he no. says he's not on Twitter. No. Anyway, cup moving away. Paul Fowl of financial fair play and everything, aren't we? Yeah, oh, I feel yeah, sorry for him. That debt's I'm going to do Anyway, Paul Harris, well, I don't think it's my mate Chopper, but anyway, I'm going to call you Chopper from now on, Paul. So, Paul Chopper Harris. If in January we were to sign a quality player in just one position only, what position would it be? Left back. Left back. Yeah, I don't think we're going to sign a quality player, so I ain't going to even bother. <laughs> uh, our favourite Welshman, Marion. The mate. Is that a girl Williams. or a boy? Is that a girl or a boy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to point you out, I'll tell you. You might need to point him out, Nigel. Everyone yeah. hears it. That's right. Uh, uh, do you agree with our Karen with two R's that Sullivan is a West Ham fan first and a businessman's second? No. Yes. I'll oh, piss off. He does. He, he often West Ham fans second, let alone first. Yes, he oh, is. You, he sometimes thinks with his heart rather than his head. He ain't got And heart. that's why that's why we're about 40... We've lost 40 million this yeah, year. Yeah, that's the reason why. He, he just... Um, yeah, I do believe. I, look, I'm never going to win you over that he is, a, he is a fan, but he is a fan. You can't... Just because he was born in Cardiff, you can't go on and on and on, right? About him being... Born in Cardiff. He, well, how about the interview he gave when he owned Birmingham City that he, if he was going to buy another club, he'd buy Cardiff because that was his first love in his own town club. Yeah, I know that. But, but oh, he, so we ignore you know, that he, as well then. So apart yeah, from the fact not... that he was born in Cardiff, and he's, apart from when he yeah. owned Birmingham, he said he would love to buy Cardiff City. He's yeah, and apart from being saying he was a Birmingham fan when he was at Birmingham, yeah. I would say he's a West Ham fan. <laughs> <through>. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you're on full tonight, Sean. (laughs) Do you feel the double D should have a word in her shell like, that's that's her ear, by the way, Sean, for you. 
yeah, to stop cool. commenting on all the things West Ham in a so-called column. We've had this so many times. Just... Yes. Well, we've done it, and I've done polls on it, and everybody says she should stop doing it, and it's a conflict of interest. But do you know what? She does what she wants to do, and, and Sullivan can't tell her. She says, it's my private thing. Sullivan can't tame her, and, and Gold can't tame her, and the more you tell her not to do so but, uh, it's funny how it. they, they can go and tell other people that they're taking club in disrepute when she does it so often in her son column we 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 missed out on the transfer last or two seasons ago because of her comments yeah. and what she says about other clubs she brings the club into disrepute with disrepute I, I, I don't think about bringing it disrepute I think it's it is there's a conflict of interest and personally I think she should give it up. But do you know what? She doesn't listen to me. She doesn't listen to a lot of people. And I think the more you tell her... Some say she it. listens to you too much, Sean. To be fair. <laughs> not on this, oh, she does right, yeah, not on that, yeah. Anyway, uh, Dodsey over in New Zealand says, Kia Ora. So what an orange drink's got to do with it? I have not got a clue, but I'll be your dog. Anyway, <laughs> hello in New Zealand. I need to thank you for talking about the documentary about West Ham's women's football team. <laughs> oh, here we Listening go. to Jack was like listening to a version of David Brent. Absolute comedy gold is Jack <laughs> Sullivan. David Brent as an 18-year-old. The bit where he describes how beautiful the Chinese fish pond is, and then when asked, what is a Chinese fish pond, he said, I don't know. Uh, it's number 45 where I come from. Please, 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 everybody, just watch the first 15 minutes yeah. as if you were watching David Brent and have the best laugh ever. They're only 15 minutes long anyway. Yeah, I, I suggest I'm enjoying the series. I reckon you should see the whole series. Keep on going. Yeah. I, I enjoy it. Uh, Good TV. Anyway, this isn't an office podcast. What are your plans for Christmas? Uh presents? And when you, when you have the more than just a podcast Christmas party... What are the rules to ensure you don't make the newspapers like the Ginger Fox did? Well, we're not having one, so there you go. We just... I thought we were on Saturday, just you and me, and, and David Hold Sink. Oh, right, yeah. Look forward to it. Huh? <laughs> we, can, we can meet at Picnic and have like a beer or something. Uh, I feel I need to apologise for my comments last week. I'm not going to. Yeah. But I, I will say that Paul Oakley from San Francisco, I don't know if he's got flowers in his ear, but he's, that's where he is. Oi. But anyway, it. Paul Oakley from San Francisco uh, picked up on my uh, rant about women's football. Uh, I don't know if he made me think twice. I don't apologise for stuff I say, but perhaps I went over the top. I did reply to him and tell him that I'm not anti women's football. Women can play football. Girls can play football. No, I just disagree with the amount of um, money that's put into it by people like the BBC. But uh, then Samantha Hardy commented that I'm just a dinosaur. Which well, isn't isn't that your wife? He's my wife. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) She should know. So and she she gave me a good stern telling off and said, well, what about when football started? If the TV companies hadn't put money, it wouldn't have grown into what it is now. So perhaps you should just accept that women's football is at a lower level at the moment, but with the help of BBC money, it can grow into something better and equal. Yeah, well done. That's well what done, Sam, Sam said. Of course, I agreed well with done. her. <laughs> yeah, I bet you did. But anyway, 
Anyway, moving on. Moving on. So that's it. Apology accepted on behalf of all people who love uh, women. If I've offended people, I do apologise. I don't do it to offend. Not off. Uh, Next up is Twitter. Need my phone for this. What am I doing that? There we go. Uh, 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 so, so are we seriously going to try and get an uh, interview in the middle of this podcast? Yeah, we yeah, are. I don't, can't see it yeah. happening. Well, well, no, the reason is we're not going to be on for a few weeks, so they've got a long time oh, to listen, listen to Listen, the, the American podcasts do two-hour ones, so yeah. and I managed to stay awake through them. Some of them are quite yeah. interesting, to be fair to the, yeah. our Yankee Doodle friends. Uh, in reply to what we said before, Ed Hughes... Back in October, we were hearing Chikorito and Antonio were going to be sold to fund new players, probably fullbacks. Given them a hit in form now, will they still go? Who will we send to fund incomings? Well, first of all, no. Uh, Antonio and Chikorito won't be going now. Um, fringe players. Mm. Well, we could see Aaron Crespel go. Um I'm not sure who else we could see go. I don't really think anyone... I, if you want my honest opinion, I really don't see anyone coming in either, except for Nasri. I see Nasri signing on a free um, and it being our main business in, in the January window. There you go. A bit boring, I know. We, we need a bit of music when you do that. Like, Sean will give it to you. <laughs> like, <the> stuff like <laughs> I know. Look, it's not good news for any of us who in in the in the business of uh, punting out transfer news to say nothing's going to happen. But that's reality. In the ITF case world, it's uh, it's going to be a lean transfer window. It is. Uh, yeah. Oh, is Canning Town then piping up? Would Sean Statue and Nigel the Pigeon like to appear in my panto this year? <laughs> uh, I think that'd be great fun. Yeah, what what do we have to do? I think we just appear in the panto, Sean the statue, and Nigel the pigeon. Uh, only if I get a comedy line. All right. There's it's quite a few Nigels. It's behind in, you. In, you know, there has to be a bit of... It's behind you. In Disney yes. films, there was Nigel in Finding Nemo, wasn't there, I think? And there was Nigel the koala in some film. I don't know. Get some in those. Mm. Right. Anyway, Amazon fan, 0238 said, more for you, Sean, and the new SAB. Are there any plans to review the Claret membership on offer? It is unnecessary for home games and doesn't help get tickets for away ones. Um. I, I, I see their point, and, and there is going to be a, a subcommittee that looks at ticketing, and I think Claret membership should be one of them. It is very easy through Ticket Trader to get um, tickets without being a Claret member, if I'm honest with you. The demand is not there, um, and and maybe you don't get it. But again, if we, if we look against all of our fellow Premier League, this is a membership is about a little bit of kudos uh, of being, you know, the people who can't get season tickets feel they're a member, they're part of the club. Um, so I think a little bit of it's bragging rights. It's not always the the actual benefits you get, but I do agree that it could be seen as poor value for money. 
I mean, I used to buy a membership, even though I had a season ticket, because they used to give you a nice little handbook, and they'd give you like a DVD, and you'd get like a badge, or or, or sometimes something else. So I, I did <laughs> actually, when it was like a tenner or twenty quid, I used to, even though I had my season ticket, I used to buy the membership, and I've, I've still got the the booklets you used to get because it was a nice little collector's thing. But then I'm mad. So um, Tim Burke, Burke by name. Anyway, my only moan is thinking about how much better we could be right now if we were at full strength. Arnie, Lanzini, Yamo, etc. Tim Burke, we used to know Tim Burke. Is that a friend of ours, Sean? Well, could it be. could be. All right. Was he a Burke? Let's have a look. No, he was a... All right. He lived Very in Bolton Road, chat. where uh, and I used to live in Bolton Road, and John used to live in Bolton Close. Uh, yeah. I bet everyone's uh, interested in that. <laughs> Yeah, thanks yeah. for that. Lived in Bolton. Okay. I thought you was coming from Surrey. Yeah. Uh, anyway, before we all start saying I up and breed whippets, we'll move on. Yes, says Alex, or at Joe Alex. We've won four games on the trot, but we can't deny we've had a fair bit of luck in that run. Penalties missed, chances missed by the opposition. We've played okay, but a lot of that is down to the quality of opponents rather than our own. What do you guys think? Uh, I think we, yeah, we, I think we sort of luck. said that bit of that earlier, really, didn't we? I mean, me, I think you just, you beat what's in front of you, and yeah. that's it. It's all you can do. But it's it's sort of helping that they are the, the all around us, the teams, and our confidence will grow. And it'd be good to see us have a go at some of the bigger boys now that we've come on a had a few wins and a bit more confidence. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I concur there, Jonathan. Thank you. Uh, Amers fan 02380747619432891 uh, it says, I take back what I said about negative Nigel. Oh, <laughs> thank you. In recent weeks, even before we started winning, I have found him more positive and making some really good points on the podcast. Uh, bless you, I wish I'd read your name out properly now, not sarcastically. Uh, and he's back again to say, what do you expect us to do in January except steady progress and maintain a target of 8th to 10th or invest further and target 6th or 7th? Based on previous season, we wouldn't take European competition seriously, even if we did get there. Yeah, we're not investing, we know. We're, no, no, no we're, not, we're not investing, but we're still targeting 7th, apparently. Are we all going to the FA Cup? Because I've just realised uh, we didn't get our season ticket. Oh, are they on sale yet? In time. Yeah, they are. They're on oh, general sale. On I general sale? Today. On general oh, well, sale, yeah. Oh, i ticket, yeah. I'm going to go. Yeah, I mean, you can get a lot. There's lots of tickets um, all over the place, but Listen, we've sort of left it a bit late. If someone's bought my seat, we need to be worried because there's some mad yeah, well, fans someone, out there. They have bought our seats, by the way, yeah. John. Our seats our are seats gone. gone. Yeah, but we can get better seats. <laughs> Yeah, the same price. Right. You can come sit with me. I've got quite a lot going on, so I'll have to check my calendar. It's uh, Saturday the 5th of January, 12.30 kickoff, by the way, against Birmingham. The Zulus. The what? Zulus. Really? Is that what they're called? Oh, that was their firm. That's their yeah. firm. Their firm. Uh, Chris G uh, says, how aggressive will they be when the window opens? Not very. And, uh, well, yeah, no, basically. 
And Garrett, or Garrett at Arkerba, says, the air is too thin this high up in the standings. Uh, so, nosebleed time for in the league table, I think Garrett is saying, or whether that is that anyway, in my seat. When I said concise, are you done yeah, yet? Yeah, that, uh, that is the end of Twitter, right. Facebook question time. Oh, excellent. Well done. Uh, oh, by the way, I'm, I hope you're going to cover um, Super 6 because um, I noticed that uh, you've dropped down a bit further. No, and a certain... no. Gucci has jumped no, ahead no, of No, 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 no. Actually, compared to last week, I rose up the table, Mr. Know-it-all. I forgot oh. again. But George Bucci, George Bucci is at 28. And you're yeah, at so 29. I was 32 or 3 last week. No. Oh, really? So anyway, so we'll just do the top Go 10, yeah. Oh, here we go. Pressure. Not off. Super 6, top 10. In at 10, or down to 10, it's Gary Prince with 245. Uh, up to 9, Mark Watt, what do you say? 245. In at 8, Simon the Pontiff Pope, 247. Up to 7, Jeffrey Smith with 249. And just outside the top 5 is Ryan Smith on 256. Looking into the top 5 now, we've got Adam Darlington down to 259. In at 4, Phil Walker, 261. Top 3 now, number 3, Ben White, 266. Number 2, Lee Davis, 268. And back still number 1, old Walt Disney himself, 274. Wow. Well, but you're still in the presenters. Let's just be clear, right? There's John who never puts anything in. So, like, so, yeah, look, I'll do it. I've got it here. Presenters, you're 21 with 229. Uh, Georgie's 212. <laughs> and I'm on 211. So, we're. I had a bold yeah, week as I think well. It I only scored this week. Um, yeah. What did George score? More than me. So, uh, I got. I scored eight. The winner was Dave Nicholson with 19. That's a good score, 19. Right. Um, I scored eight with a lot of people. Miriam got nine. Let's scroll down. Uh, Georgie Bucci. George got eight. I got eight. Sean. Oh, scroll down. Past, past 30. Sean. Oh, where are you, Sean? Did you take part? Oh, yeah. You got six. Four. Yeah. Six, is so it? So yeah. you, you, got, you had Tottenham to win 3 nil. You got two points for that. You had Watford to win 2 nil. Yeah. And you had Wolves to win 2 0. A lot of 2 nils there, Sean. You yeah. predicted. Yeah. Didn't they? See, you went wrong, innit? If you'd have gone for your 1 nil predictions, you'd have cleaned up this week. I would have got. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Anyway, I want to move on to predictions. I'm actually going to do quite a few predictions because I have a feeling we probably there's a very good chance with Christmas and New Year, we won't be back to the 7th of January, Monday, 7th of January. I just don't see it happening. So I'm going to ask you for predictions for Watford, Southampton, Burnley, Brighton and Birmingham. So let's start with you, Nigel. Watford. Win. All right. Uh, 3-1. Southampton. Uh, Lose. Uh, 2-1. Burnley away. Draw 1-0. Win 3 0 on the 2nd of Jan. 
first 60,000 game. <laughs> and finally, <laughs> FA Cup. Birmingham. Oh, 2-0 uh, win. All right. John, Watford at home. 2-1. This weekend. Win. Uh, Southampton one away. one draw. Burnley away. Win. 1-0. Brighton in front of 65. Because of that inspirational large crowd, I reckon we're going to win that by three goals to nil. And finally, a Birmingham. 2-1. Two, two win. Okay. Well, I'm going to go uh, Watford 1-0. Uh, Southampton 1-0 <laughs> win. Burnley 1-0 win. Brighton 1-0 win. And um, Birmingham 2-0 win. So that will put us on eight wins on a trot, by the way. It's as easy as that, isn't it? Easy as that. That would would, uh, level what Johnny Lyle did once in that that, uh, famous season when we finished uh, third in in the old League One. League One. First of all, you're such a font of anyway, knowledge, Sean. Um, I tell you. Yeah, thank such you. Such a what? Font what of knowledge. I think that's it. I uh, said don't said yes. Uh, don't, I was thinking. Don't that. forget to um, carry on following Jack Sullivan on uh, on his uh, BBC podcast. I think uh, we're going to wish you a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. We'll be back in the new year unless we can be asked to uh, record in between, which I think is very doubtful. Do you want to say any Christmas no. message before we go, Nigel? Don't like Christmas. Uh, John? Oh, yeah. Merry Christmas to everyone, including you, Nigel. <laughs> <laughs> Keep on listening. I have been Sean. Goodbye. Uh, John has been... Full of season cheer. And Nigel has been... The Grinch. Bye. Humbug. Yeah. Come on, you irons. Bobby Moore. More than just a podcast. Bobby Moore. More than just a podcast. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 